0: Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, pseudo-izekai antics, super lazy protagonists with otaku tendencies, harem tropes, medieval world creatures, JSDF procedures, and light novel adaptations. Listener discretion is advised. Spiriken and Mongerview, episode 381, Gate, thus the JSDF fought there. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the and Manga Review. I'm your host Zan saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? Hope you guys have been well during this very unique and crazy time we've had. I know the world is currently burning, but we are trying to keep the place going one day at a time. But we're here not to talk about the world, but to talk about various geeky things, specifically manga. And if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Spyrokin is some podcast and vein reviews about connectively enhanced narratives. Pretty much what that means is every episode we talk about one to two geeky topics. And since this is the manga review, obviously we talk about manga. And I tell you the pros and cons about it, how the art style is, the overarching plot, and if it's worth investing your time in or not. You have to agree with anything that I, my co-host, say, but we try to be educational, enlightening, exciting, and most importantly, entertaining. You can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirakn.com. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, Discord, and various other social media sites. Just check the show notes to see where we are and how to get to where we are going. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email me personally at xan, that's xan, at S-P-I-R-A-K-N. And now that the shameless shilling has... Been done. You now all know all my social media stuff. Let's get on to the episode, shall we? Because I'm kind of excited for this because this is a fun little episode. We've got a lot of news going out, and also next week. I'll be having a digital convention at Anime Next, or as they're calling it now, the League of Conventions, which is a combination of Anime Next, Kineticon, MagFest, and KatsuCon all in one big online show. Is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Well, you're going to have to wait and see, but I've got two panels, and you're actually going to see my filthy mug on them. One panel is From Inside the Pantry, Horror and Anime Manga, and the other one is Culinary Manga, Order Up, practical applications so excited on both of those hope you guys check them out i think it's leagueofconventions.com for the stream but again we digress so let's get on with it because we've got a lot of news and there's actually a big event that we do have to talk about it's not that great so let's get that out of the way so this is the manga news of the week and well the big news that everyone's talking about and we've got to address eventually is Shuisha announced that they are canceling popular series Act Age, but this series will not have a final chapter published, and the whole reason for all this controversy is due to series writer Matsuki Tatsuya being arrested on August eighth, 2020 on charges of suspicion of committing an indecent act with a female middle-aged student. Now, according to police, the girl was walking in the Nakano district of Tokyo on June 18th at 8 p.m. when the suspect approached the girl from behind while on a bike and touched her inappropriately. Afterwards, the suspect fled the scene on the bike. The girl went to the police, who analyzed security camera footage to investigate, and they discovered, uh, about an hour later, a similar event on a nearby road with a different female middle-aged student occurred involving a suspect who resembled Matsuki. Now, when asked about it, Matsuki reportedly told police there's generally nothing incorrect with their accusations. Now, he was arrested on August 8th, 2020, like I said, and this is kind of a big situation that's, ki- that's kind of rough. Now, on f- because of this reason, uh, Shuisha released a statement and translated... They actually translated it into English, which is the crazy part, but here's what their statement was. Matsuki Tatsuya, the writer of Act Age, was arrested on August 8, 2020. The editorial department takes this situation very seriously, and after confirming the matter and discussing it with Shiro Uzaki-sensei, the artist for the series, we've come to the conclusion that it is impossible to continue with its serialization. The chapters that is in combined issues 36-37 of Weekly Shonen Jump will be the final chapter. It's extremely unfortunate to have to end a series that has received so much support from so many readers in this way. However, this decision was made because of the nature of the incident and because Weekly Shonen Jump recognizes the weight of its social responsibility. We offer our deepest regrets and apologize to our readers. This is a difficult time for Usozaki-sensei, but the editorial department offers uzaki sensei our support and encouragement for future works. Information about future graphic novels and related publications and events will be announced as they are decided. Now, in solidarity with this, Shuisha's as American company Viz Media will not publish the final chapter of Act Age on the English Shonen Jump service as well as selling the future compiled book volumes of the manga. So, long story short, the series is done. It does suck. And it really sucks especially for uh, Uzazaki, the artist on the series, who would In getting a lot of press because the art is so great in this series and hopefully they offer her her own series or her own pick of series so she can work on something else and it's a shame because this series actually was really well done but again we cannot uh, be unaffected by the weight of the social responsibility of the fact that uh, Matsui Tatsuya is a pervert and he did something really fucked up so yeah So let's get off of this news to get something, now that elephant's out of the room, let's talk about some more intriguing news. Now, AT&T, the lovely cell phone and phone company, has offered to sell Crunchyroll to Sony for $1.5 billion US. Now, they cited three people familiar with the situation, but Sony... reportedly balked at the price which effectively values the streaming service at $500 per subscriber according to another person familiar with the matter AT&T previously valued Crunchyroll at the equivalent of $400 per subscriber now pretty much they're going to be negotiating at this time and who knows what's going to happen personally I don't think that AT&T should sell it but I don't know because I don't think we want to give Sony a huge conglomerate about every single streaming service possible but is what it is. So, we'll see how that goes. Now, back to weird situations. Over the last few weeks, you've been talking about the Australian ban of certain light novel series, which has led to bans across the world. There's actually an update from the Australian ban, and specifically, the psychotic, uh... Not Congresswoman, but that psychotic psychotic politician Sterling Griff from the Center Alliance's crusade against manga and anime. So, pretty much, um... They're now no longer selling um, the first, second, and ninth volume of You Come Me is No Game, No Life series. It's been banned in Australia. And the Australian Classification Board has refused classification of the novels and has cited it for kind of, well, the board refuses clarification of the novels on July 23rd and stated regarding the refusal for volumes one and two Publication 1, the publication is classified R.C. in accordance with the National Clarification Code Publication Table. One, uh, as publication that describes or depicts in a way that is likely to cause offense to a reasonable adult, a person who is or appears to be a child under 18, whether the person is engaged in sexual acts or not. In addition, for Volume 9, the board gives the following statements of Publications A and B. Uh, the publication is classified R.C. in accordance with the National Clarification Code, Publication Table A, as publication that describes depicts, expresses, or otherwise deals with matters of sex, drug, misuse, or addiction, crime, cruelty, violence, or revolting or abhorrent phenomena in such a way that they offend against the standards of morality, decency, and propriety, generally accepted by reasonable adults to the extent that they should not be classified and describe or depict in a way that cause offenses to a reasonable adult, a person who is or appears to be a woman, Child under 18. According to Australian Clarification Board's website, titles classified as refused cannot be sold, hired, advertised, or legally imported in Australia. R.C. classifies material content that is very high in impact and falls outside generally accepted community standards. So, long story short, because of depictions on the cover, even though the stories are not like that, they have been banned. And they will not get classification, so they can no longer, they cannot be sold at all. Um, The TV anime is classified as MA15+, for strong sexual themes, on August 13th. But it's legally restricted to people over the age of 15, but is otherwise available on sale. They've also restricted the No Game, No Life Zero anime film, as M for fantasy themes and animated violence, on November 10th, 2017. And it's not recommended for children under the age of 15, but there are no legal restrictions against selling or viewing the film. Now, that's the basics. so We now have a clarification of why they're not releasing this series. But another fact is Kinokuniya Sydney sent out a public message clarifying their decision. And they released this to Anime News Network. And this explains all seven manga titles that they were selling as well as why they did it. Because these were removed because of written complaint by South Australian legislator Connie Boneros. And the bookstore said that the removal was not due to political pressure. Haha, probably was, but due to Australia's classification board determining the titles need to be submitted for classification in accordance with the country's classification act. While boards and books do not regularly need to be submitted to the classification board, Kinakuya Sydney said that the board decided to classify the titles after they were brought to the attention of the board by some politicians, which completely negates the last statement they said, which was this was not due to political pressure. Whatever. As the books are currently undergoing classification, Kinokuya Sydney is not allowed to sell them. They also added that while it is considered to be responsible for submitting each imported title to the classification board, the cost of the classification process for each title will be prohibited for the bookstore. It noted that the board has been supportive, it has indicated to Kinakuya Sydney that some of the titles would likely be fined for unrestricted sales, others might have restrictions to and just a few would probably be refused classification. Um, so the following titles were removed from... Kinokuyu Sydney, Aromanga Sensei, Goblin Slayer, Sword Art Online, No Game No Life, Inside Mari, Parallel Paradise, and Dragonair Academy. <sighs> Shit. So, yeah. So, restrictions galore because people don't want to read inside the images. And yes, I know the No Game No Light covers are not the best example of it, but still, and not super terrible. The only one I would say is truly horrific would be Goblin Slayer. But, and they're manga sensei. Anyway, other news um, New York Comic Con canceled this year's convention, which was scheduled to happen October 8th through 11th. But they've announced that they'll be holding a digital convention on the same dates and feature streaming panels from leading entertainment brands, the ability to have autographs, which I don't understand how that's going to work, uh, videos of workshops, and they'll have a virtual marketplace. Uh, I think the virtual marketplace may work, but we're going to see how this goes. Ever since lockdown happened, everyone's trying to copy them, but they're not doing it as well. Like San Diego, kind of, they were good, but they could have been better. And we're going to see how New York Comic Con does. Hopefully, they fix it a little bit. Uh, What what else do you have in the news? Well, from December 11th to January 11th. Kao Shirai and Posoku Demezu, the creators of Promised Neverland, will promise a new 19-page chapter of their The Promised Neverland manga at the Promised Neverland special exhibit event in Roppongi Hills in Tokyo. So if you're in Roppongi Hills from December 11th through January 11th, go to the exhibit and tell us what you think about it. I'm actually excited to hear what it is. It's a limited edition... uh, 19-page chapter could be cool. I wonder if it's an aftermath or if it's a side story. Who knows? On September 9th, mangaka of Trinity 7 revision Yoichi Nishi will launch a manga adaptation of Ayano's Isekai Yoroto Survival Setkatsu light novel in Kadokawa's monthly Dragon Age magazine. Now, this novel of uh, Izakai Yoroto's Survival Saketsu centers on Hokage Shinomiya, a high schooler who dreams of living on a deserted island. He and some of other classmates are inexplicably teleported to a mysterious island in another world, and without electricity, gas, or water systems, it is Hokage's survival skill that puts him in a leadership position. This one sounds actually pretty cool, and it's a very different concept for the Izakai stories, so we'll see how this goes. On August 24th, uh, Tite Kudo's new manga, Burn the Witch, will debut in weekly Shonen Jump, and will have four total chapters. So, each volume, you're going to have one chapter for four chapters. It's kind of a offshoot of one-shots, so I'm kind of cool with that. Anyway, the first chapter will have 57 pages and a color page, and be published in English by Viz Media. Now, this is uh, going to debut soon. And the chapter will be released digitally in English on the same day as its digital weekly Shonen Jump magazine release. And then they're going to add also the original one shot manga this is based off of in the English Shonen Jump service. Now, it takes place in the same universe as Tite Kubo's Bleach uh, manga. If you've never read Bleach, highly recommend it. Uh, the chapter centers on Noel Nisha and Nini Spangle. They work as witches in the Wingbird headquarters in Reverse London's Natural Dragon Management Agency, and those who live in Reverse London are able to see supernatural creatures such as dragons and other monsters. Noel and Nina work to help promote coexistence between these creatures and humans, but sometimes they must undergo missions to exterminate evil creatures. This sounds like it's pretty cool, and I love the fact that it's a reverse... Uh, Tokyo, very similar to, like, London Below or any of the alternative worlds, like, uh, the Undercity or whatever, so I actually want to check this out, and also, Tite Kudo has not steered us wrong so far. Alright, so let's get on. On August 21st, Killing Bites manga, uh, Kazaki Sumitru is launching a spinoff of the manga entitled Hoshigari Sugi Desho. Inaba-san, or Desire Overload, right, Inaba? Now, this spinoff is going to be released on Hero Inc.'s Wild Hero website. And for those you who don't know, Killing Bites tells the story of, well, Killing Bites. They're these underground duels between animal-human hybrids. And one beast who knows no fear fights in this animalistic world to be the best he can be. And this whole story shocks you to the core. So it's kind of a mixture of BNA and most tournament arcs. So I, well, well, I'll give a review of it if it comes up on the Wheel of Manga. I'm Actually, it's one I want to talk about, but either way. So tomorrow, which is August 13th, creator of Inugami, Masaya Hokazono, is launching a new manga series for his and writer Motosuki Takamino's manga series Ihone. So there's a new series based on this series, and it's gonna be titled Yami Ihone or, or Ihon, uh, The Dark Tome. And this will launch on the Line Manga app. So new series coming out by uh, Masaya Hokozono and Motosuki Takimoto called Yami Ihon. Okay. However, today, August 12th, Yuji Iwahara is launching a new manga entitled Kletes Mahono Oto Akato to Kabane no Yusha, or Clevatus, the King of Beasts, the Babe, and Cadaverous Champion. And this is also going to be released on the Line manga app. And surprisingly today, the first compiled book volume is also being released by Line Digital Frontier. And this manga centers on the Teticular Clevatus, the lord of all magical beasts, who wields both uncanny intelligence and destructive power. Now frustrated by the 13 heroes tasked to destroy him, he has decided to get rid of humanity once and for all. However, he has been charged with one nuance, or nuisance, uh, the care of a newborn human baby. Now the world stands upon the brink of Armageddon with the obligation of raising one child, holding it all back. This sounds hysterical, and a little bit kind of annoying. It could be good, it could be bad. We'd have to see what happens. Now, two more news events. Now, earlier this week, on August 8th, Crunchyroll's manga platform added Junji Ito's Cat Diaries, Yon and Moo, which we reviewed in and Manga Review episode 287. And this has been added to Crunchyroll's manga catalog. And this is a semi-autobiographical manga about Junji Ito, a.k.a. J-kun, and his fiancée at the time, a as they move into a new house. And J-kun has to deal with the ghastly ...looking cat Yon who has a skull on his back... ...and then the adorable Norwegian forest cat Mu... ...and it's him dealing with this in a very Junji Ito-esque way... ...where he has nightmarish images... ...while freaking out about the cats thinking they're conspiring to kill him... ...and hilarity ensues. It's not dark, it's just really weird. Also, the way that he draws Akun is nightmarish. Like, this is my fiance, but I'm going to draw her like a horrible monster. Like, that's kind of saying something about your fiance, I think. Last but not least... On August 5th, the sequel series to Kuzutake and Kai Tomohiro's Destiny Lovers or Desuraba manga was released. And this sequel series is also called Desuraba or Destiny Lovers. And this s- sequel series is going to serve as the final arc of the series. Now, this manga will continue the story of Fujishiro Koseke, a young man who promised his love to his childhood friend Sayaka chan. However, his pledge to save his first sexual experience for her takes a shocking turn when he's suddenly abducted and thrown into a secret prison run by beautiful terrifying women in fetish gears oh no his seductive kidnappers claim to have a higher purpose but are after one thing kosuke's virginity and they're willing to employ every kink at their disposal who are these women and why are they trying to break kosuke's promise to sayaka-chan In this darkly erotic thriller about fear and desire, one man is about to face a sexual gauntlet like no other. So this sequel series will explain, is Kosuke going to give it up? Or will he be able to save his virginity for Sayaka-chan? Read this manga to find out. And that is the news for the day. Wow, kind of crazy, right? Totally like, went all over the place from kind of horrible news to fun news to news about new things coming out, and then just that random, hey, we're talking about a series about fetishes. So, yeah. Now that we're done with that, let's actually get to the reason why I do this podcast, the manga review of the episode. And if you remember from the last episode, I spun that one, that only, The Wheel of Manga. And it dictated to be that reviewing a manga that was written by Takumi Yanai is an adaptation of a light novel by Takumi Yanai. Now, this is illustrated by Satoru Sao, and it is published by Alpha Polis. And it's released over here by Sakai Project. Now, it is originally run as 2011 to present. There are 17 volumes. And it is an action-adventure Isekai military otaku series. And the name for this awesome and weird series is... Ghetto Jitaika no chi Kaku Tatek. Keri, or Gate. Thus, the JSDF fought there. Now, there's lots of different types of Isekai, and this is one which, it's kind of a different type, because there's a way to get back and forth from the world, so not Isekai is Isekai. But, Gate is the story of modern-day Tokyo, and the day that a mysterious literal gate appeared in the middle of Tokyo, and released a bunch of Men on horses, dragon riders, orcs, and other monsters coming in to infiltrate and take over modern-day Japan with their most powerful weapons of bow and arrows. So, people think that they're joking when they see this gate appear and a bunch of dragons and things come out and said, oh, this is for a movie, until they start killing people. And then, due to the timely efforts of a slacker, well, a 33-year-old otaku who's on his day off they repel these invaders and end up putting a huge block around this gate and the slacker Yoji Itami turns out he is a JSDF member he's also a certified ranger and special forces trooper even though he's not really good at it they did that to kind of instill some sort of well like We're going to put you in these programs, and when you don't pass, we could fire you. However, he was able to pass through his incompetence. So he's kind of that typical, I'm lazy, not good at anything, but for some reason, they're going to keep promoting me. And Yoji Tommy, because he saved the day, he's promoted to second lieutenant, and it turns out that the gates lead to another world. And so the Japanese government and the world is like, hey, there's another world. There could be resources and other things there, so why don't we send people over there and kind of occupy... Or we could just set a settlement and make a deal. So the JSDF has gone through the gate and they're gonna establish a base and they're gonna observe and explore this world and then maybe make friends or maybe set diplomatic ties. Or worse comes worse, they're going to kill everything and take over. But they're gonna go diplomatic. It also deals with all the other countries because they know about this. They know, hey, there's a world with other resources and the Japanese are in charge. What are we gonna do? Well. Each of these different groups are going to try to do things to screw it up. So you have all this political intrigue, but the main thing is that Itami ends up going into this other world and he is now dealing with all these fantasy tropes, but he's a JSDF member and he's leading a platoon of people who are exploring this world. And it's just kind of crazy because when they first get there, they're establishing things and people are trying to attack them. The, the leading country, they think that, hey, the green invaders will kill them and everything will be fine. And they're sending army upon army against the... Essentially, it is swords and sorcery versus modern-day ordinance. And it's kind of traumatic. It's like, hey, we're going to attack you with our, our spears and lances versus I've got an AK-47. I'm going to shoot you. Or worse... I have an explosive bomb. You guys have a bow and arrow on fire. Who's going to win? Yeah, if they shoot you or stab you with a sword, it's going to kill you, but they have to get through all of this stuff. So it's a slaughter. And after they establish their location on Alice Hill, it becomes, we have to find out what's going on, we'll make some diplomatic ties. So after rescuing a village and gaining some refugees, they now have a way to learn about the other world, and they establish different... Um, diplomatic relationships pretty much it's a a harem series let's be honest Uh, Tommy ends up having first contact with several people and they end up becoming interested in him and they join the group and help out the JSTF because they want to be with him and this and that occurs and the main girls you have are you have Rory Mercury who is a devout worshipper of the evil death god and she's dressed up like a goth loli with a giant scythe And she's just loving murdering things. You have Lele La Lena, who is an apprentice mage who is super addicted to all the Japanese culture. And she wants to learn everything possible. She's super like, hey, I want to know what this is. What is this? Oh, it's a a daikon? Daikon. And she's the one who first learns the language. And she learns what's going on. And she's able to relate to all the other characters. Hey, this is a transport that does this. Or this gun. It's a wand that shoots out a projectile. And she kind of is their translator until they learn the language. Then you have Tuka Luna Marco, who is a light elf who they end up saving from the bottom of a well. And she lost her entire family to a giant dragon, which actually they actually fight a dragon with a tank and with a, a bazooka. And it's actually really badass. But uh, Tuka is a light elf who is rescued by. Itami, and she ends up, like, following him around and is into him. And note, before I forget, Rory is, like, 900 years old, and Tuka is 137, so not lolis. Lelay is 16. And then last but not least of the harem girls, you have Pina Colada. Yeah, I know the pun. Who is the fifth princess of the empire they're currently in, and she's in charge of a royal order of the Rose, I believe. They're uh, all female soldiers that were created because of reasons because the king didn't believe they would do anything just a lot of political mumbo-jumbo but she's the one who's making headway being nice to the JSDF as they're called you know it's a jestif they're the invaders the men in green the ones who are fighting us and she is very good at it she's good at being a diplomat compared to her brothers she has four other brothers and the first in line is a complete psychopath who pretty much has people he kidnapped from the other side, and he's done horrible things to. And then you have the second brother who's trying to be conniving and smart, and a lot of Game of Thrones-esque politics. So, the light novel for this is really cool. The manga, it's a faithful adaptation. They do speed up a lot of things in this series. However, it is a interesting... Fish Out of Water and then Reverse Fish Out of Water series. It's well done, and I love the fact that the protagonist is a 33 year old. It's not a, I'm 15 years old and I just got a high school. No, it's a 33 year old. This is a Senin series, and I do like the fa- that fact. Uh, I love the fact that he is a slacker. He's supposed to be, you're supposed to fill out the do this and be in charge of all the situations going on base and he's too busy hoping that the link up goes for the internet so he can download games on his phone or the update so he can get more loots and I love that when you first meet him he's this guy who's like hey I'm going to the meetup. I'm going to get a lot of free stuff and then when things go to hell he takes charge and ends up like just straight up killing people left and right and taking care of the situation the cops are like hey what do you do he's like shut up set a barricade here do this. And when you find that he's such a lazy worker, it's like, so he actually does know his stuff. He did study. It's just he has poor worth ethic. But when it comes to something bad, when push comes to shove, he is competent in there for you and his heart is in the right place. I do like Itami as a main character. He's not a Gary Sue. He's just, I think he's well done. I love the fact that he's also a divorcee. And his reason for marrying his wife is because he get her insurance, and then when she divorced, the reason why she divorced him is because she's in love with him and well, stuff. So for those reasons, I'm I have to give this a well, there's a lot of good things about this. It is kind of long-winded at times, and some of the scenes are a little tropey. So for that reason I have to give this our second highest rating of borrow from a friend, don't return all the for Pocky. It's really good. It's good. It's just not one that you're going to want to unless you're die hard for it you're not wanting to keep with it i'd give it four volumes and then you see what happens i mean 17 volumes i think eventually it starts spinning its wheels but it does take a while to get there so yeah if you've read this let me know what you think there's also an anime series that's on funimation and on hulu that's actually pretty good so check it out uh but let me know what you think about the manga email me xan that's xan at com. Also Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all those other social media sites. Uh, The random question of the day is... Would you join the JSDF? Let me know what you think. you join it or not. Personally, I would not. I would 4F the whole thing. Because reasons. But anyway. So, uh, I think that's it for this episode. We just got two more things to go. And then we're done for the episode. And I'm not saying we're done forever. But, you know. Take our time. So, the first thing... Order business is the manga releases of the week. These were released yesterday, the eleventh, and we've got seventeen releases. So here's the manga releases we've got. We've got a tropical fish yearns for snow, volume four. Ajin, volume fifteen. Cells at work, code black, volume five. We reviewed this manga, and now we're up to the part where they're talking about what happens after you have a heart attack. So you're going to survive, and also I think this also deals with Rogaine. Not sure. You have. Full Metal Alchemist, Full Metal Edition, Volume 10. Grand Blue Fantasy, Volume 6. Hayat, the Combat Butler, Volume 36. Komi Can't Communicate, Volume 8, which we also reviewed recently. Uh, Machi Maho, I Messed Up and Made the Wrong Person to a Magical Girl, Volume 6. Monster Hunter World, the official complete works, the manga. My Dress Up Darling, Volume 2. Perfect World 2. Pokemon Adventure, Collector's Edition, Volume 3. Pokemon the movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back, Evolution. The one I've been waiting for for a while, The Apothecary Diaries, is coming out. This is Volume 1. You have The Eminence in Shadow, Volume 1, The Light Novel. The Legend of Zelda, Twilight Princess, Volume 7. And finally, The Strongest Sage with the Weakest Crest, Volume 1. And for me, I am excited for Strongest Sage, Apothecary Diaries, Eminence in Shadow, uh, Comey Can't Communicate, Hyatt the Combat Butler, and cells at Work. Uh, let me know what you're interested in. Email me at zanspyarkin.com or tweet me at spirekin. Also, before I forget, if you want to do something really cool, you can go to tinyurl.com forward slash H-E-L-P slash X-A-N and that takes you to our iTunes page where you can actually leave a comment and rate us. Every good comment kind of gives me a little bit of hope that I'm doing good. So send me a comment. Let me know what you think about the podcast. And I guess that's it, but no, let's get to the part you've all been waiting for, what am I talking about? I'm talking about that one, that only... THE WHEEL OF MANGA! <laughs> yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga, except no substitute. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with ten slots on. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna spin that one, that only, the Wheel of Manga whatever number it lands on, that's we're reviewing in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, episode 382. And I'm kind of excited because we've got some really fun titles and some really crazy titles on here. There's one title I really don't want to review, but hey, I always leave it to the Wheel of Manga. So let's spin and see what we're going to review in the next episode, shall we? Now that was a good spin. Ah fuck! Ah damn it! Number nine. So in the next episode of the Manga review, I'm going to be reviewing uh, one of two mangas which deals with agricultural college, and it is not the one that I like. So well anyway, in the next episode, I'm reviewing a manga about kids going to agricultural college because they don't want to go anywhere else, or they want to go to agricultural college to so take over farm businesses. And this series is one which is called Silver Spoon. So, if you've read Silver Spoon, well, that's what we're talking about. Uh, You can guess my personal feelings on it, but you know what? I'm going to give it another try, reread it, and I'll get back to you next week to see how we do on this series. So, yeah. Uh, Guess it for this episode. Thank you guys for listening. No matter what manga I spin, I love doing this and I hope you guys enjoy listening to me talk. So, I hope that you guys have a great week. Check out our other podcasts. We have our wonderful review of GoldenEye coming out this weekend. And then we have our Television Tuesdays next week. We're going to be talking about this penultimate episode of Nosferatu and the second episode of Umbrella Academy. So stay tuned for that. I've been your Hosan. I'm Gonsville. Catch you guys next time and keep reading manga.